You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Family Matters. And today we are discussing female breadwinners and the complexities that come with that, whether in a family setup, in a marriage, in a relationship. And if you are a female breadwinner, I'd like you to share the pressures you have faced, please, on 011-883-0702. Being a female breadwinner does not need to be a problem, but it is often problematized by societal beliefs that are imposed on female breadwinners and societal beliefs imposed on men. Right? We have traditional and religious beliefs that have always perpetuated this idea that a man should be a breadwinner. Hence, when a female becomes a breadwinner, that sometimes affects the family dynamics. I mean, there are instances where sometimes children recognize the authority of the one who's paying the bill, the bills. You know, Sometimes men start feeling insecure and they think they're failing to provide. Women have to deal with the pressures of not just being a breadwinner, but also... Yes, they feel like it is empowering, right? It is self-empowering, but it can be exhausting too because in some cases, they have to come back home to cook, to clean, to take care of the kids. So I want us to talk about these dynamics. And if you've got some experience to share with us, please uh, give us a call or send us a WhatsApp um, voice note. I was looking at some of the studies last night that indicate that when a woman is a breadwinner in a marriage, divorce rates increase by about 50%. And the biggest reason is that men often feel emasculated by their wife's success. So the sooner we start normalizing female female breadwinners and get rid of these societal pressures and take away the pressures also on men as the so-called primary breadwinners, I think the better. I'm going to take your experiences shortly um, on 011-883-0702 and on our WhatsApp line as well. Let's bring in... Nokubonga Ngubani, who is a clinical psychologist who's going to be guiding us through this discussion. Nokubonga, thank you so much for making time. Good morning. Good morning, Clements. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. So let's start with just these societal beliefs. Some of them are traditional, some are religious, that you know, men are supposed to be the primary providers. And I've often spoken on the show about the amount of pressure that this puts on men, men who... When they lose a job, they feel so useless. Some have to take their lives because they feel, why am I here if I can't provide for my family? Um, how are we doing in terms of dismantling you know, those belief systems? Because they are going to lead to families being dysfunctional because we're not appreciating Absolutely. the idea that females can be breadwinners and that is okay. Absolutely, Clements. Um, it shouldn't be seen as a threat. Um, and I think that it's not just about the woman earning more um, because you can have two couples and one may have a situation where the wife or the part or the female partner is earning more than the male mm. and they're okay with that and it doesn't affect the dynamics. But you might have a similar couple where the fact that the woman is earning more really does touch and hamper the, the 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 relationship dynamics. So I think that it's important to see that it's not just about the woman earning more, but it's how the man feels about the woman earning more. How does he perceive it? And that also touches on his own historical views on yeah. this and how he's been socialized to accept 
or not accepts gender role stereotypes and how committed he is as a male to these things. Yeah, so we, we've got a lot of um, learning and unlearning to do um, in terms even when Absolutely. it comes to those gender role uh, stereotypes as well. Let's look at some of the dynamics that can be at play here. I mentioned um, that I've seen instances where uh, because the woman in this family setup is the breadwinner or ends more, sometimes you you see the dynamics in the kids and that, you know, they go to the person with quote-unquote authority and the one who's paying the bills is viewed as having authority. So sometimes, you know, fathers, um, if it's a heterosexual uh, marriage, would feel unseen, would feel undermined because, oh, because I'm not making so much or I'm not contributing this much, um, you don't come to me even for approval because you go to the one who pays the bill. Is that one of the mm. dynamics that, are, that that is often at play? Absolutely. That is one of the many dynamics that are at play in relationships as such. Um, I think that we have to also understand where does this model, this male breadwinner model come from? Because as we're being socialized and with time and the changes of time, things are also changing. And we, we have to come to a point where we're able to adapt with the changes of women achieving more and earning more. And one of the re- one of the things that men may begin to do when they feel intimidated or threatened by their partner earning more is they might start to co- to adopt compensatory behaviors. So you'll find that maybe he will try to sort of do gender, if I can say, um, by doing behaviors such as maybe initiating an affair. That is another mm. uh, behavior to try and assert his masculinity in other ways. Mm. Um, he may, he may not even, um, he may not even help even when he has the time to do so with household chores because it's been socialized that no, that is for my, that is for the woman to do. Um, so there, those, he, those are different ways that he might end up sort of reinforcing his masculinity in the household if he feels emasculated by his partner's earnings. Mm-hmm. And and some men will. So those are some of the ways. Yeah, some men will often say, "Well, um, I'm not respected anymore because I'm not providing as much as I used to, or you are making more money uh, that, that than I am." But if you look at it closely, you may just realize that, I mean, there are things that you also make up in your mind because this is a situation that is not what is meant to be. When you were raised, society never taught you that. That's how things. Uh, should be structured. I want to take Mpo in Newlands, who's called us on 011-883-0702. Mpo, uh, good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? Shop, shop. Go ahead. I'm good. Clement, um, I lost my job in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, like, when I lost my job, my wife, like, was always there. She was very supportive. She she made sure that I never felt inferior like she checked up on me to see how mm-hmm. you're doing um, mentally. Are you okay? Even through like the challenges of, of friends and family, people saying, no, you need to get a job ASAP. You can't just be sitting. She's not going to respect you. She's not going to look at you the same way. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just like, you know, coming from all over, from my side, from her side, why are you still with him? Why don't you leave him? He's not doing anything. He's just a burden on your life. And like about two, three months back, well, about a month ago, I got a call and then I got a job and mm. I've been working now and, you know, things mm. are going to be, they haven't picked up, but it shows that just because we are down now doesn't mean we can't come up mm. and all mm. those challenges because we worked through them together and we discussed them that, you know what, somebody said one, two, three, how do you feel about it? 
um, I didn't like what they said. I, like, she'd tell me that, you know, like, my friends are saying one, two, three. I don't like I'm like, no, they're your friends. They're probably just looking out for like what's best for you. But it doesn't mean that you should end the mm. friendship. Just look the other way. Listen to them. They're just expressing their personal views. Everybody has a right to um, mm. say whatever they want to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just how you take it and how you respond. And we worked through all of that, made sure that, like we don't let it get to us. Mm. Oh, Paul, that's such a beautiful story. Um, I'm so glad mm. to hear you guys mm. are still together and she's been there for you um, every step of the mm. way. And I hope you're appreciating her. Eh? Nah, she's a rock, Kim, <laughs> and die. <laughs> okay. I appreciate her very much. Oh, that's wonderful. What a beautiful story. in Paul Newlands, I thank you for sharing that uh, with us. And, and that's the thing, right? When there's a scenario like that where... A woman is a breadwinner. Maybe the man has lost his job or um, has, you know, does something that pays him less than, you know, what the woman is paid for. Mm -hmm. You've got these voices from not just your family, but your friends, the community. So how do you, as a couple, block that noise, you know, from these outside forces that are trying to tell you why this scenario is not okay and, and natural and something has got to give? Um, You know, that's such a very interesting question because, um, you know, it seems as if, for example, I'll just use Mpo's scenario as an example to answer this question. Um, It seems as if, despite what our beliefs are about women anymore, Mpo's wife was still respectful that his loss of income did not necessarily negatively impact their relationship. So they were fine. You know, Mm -hmm. despite the situation of him not working. But it seems like people that are close to them, uh, close friends and close family members had an issue with the fact that she is continuing a relationship with a man who is unable to financially provide for her. So now it, it kind of reminds me of something that I once heard that people will not be envious of you because of what you have. People will be envious of how happy you are with the little that you have. So we see the relativity here Mm. that they were okay as a couple, but people around them were the ones who were doubting the, the, the stability of the relationship over time. And I think that in this case, it shows just the importance of respect in Onipo, especially in African countries like ours and how that affects the relationship because even if there was money even if the husband earned more respect is such a mutual such an important factor in the stability and the longevity of a healthy and stable relationship so that when trying times come for example in the loss of income with poor, the relationship can still have the trust that bond and still be stable despite mm. a bit of inconvenience of unemployment for that for that while I'm going to take a quick ad break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll take some more calls. I want us to also look at this uh, point of, you know, when you're shielding men, because I've got a tweet from Tino who says, Clement, in some cases, women pay into the men's account to preserve that dynamic that men should be the one mm. paying for the bills. Jeez, how do you navigate sure. that? Mm. And I want to hear from the women who are breadwinners. Um, what are your mm. dynamics that you are navigating from society uh, with the children, the extended family? What's your experience as a woman who is a breadwinner? 011-883-0702. It's 18 minutes after 11. 18 minutes after 11 o'clock. Let's continue with our Family Matters feature. And we are discussing the female breadwinner and the complexities that come with that. We've been looking 
at a number of dynamics. And Nokubonga, just before the break, I read a tweet from Tino who says, you've got you know, scenarios where women pay money and send money into them, their men's accounts to preserve that dynamic that the men should be the one paying for the bills. And I mean, a part of me says, I don't want to be too simplistic and think, okay, is that how fragile mm. we are as men, right? I appreciate that a situation mm. may be different for different men um, based on how they've been raised and, and how that's affecting them given their their reality at the time. But I mean, how necessary is this? Does it help in order to, do you have to preserve that dynamic that, okay, the man should be the one paying the bills and go to an extent of, as a female breadwinner, send them money every month in their account? I think that um, we have to ask ourselves, well, where did we get these stereotypes from? Who said that's how things ought to work? Mm. Because uh, we need to understand what is a family, because we're talking family matters. What, what is a family? A family is a system where individuals interact. And in the process of interacting, one influence another and one is influenced by another. And in that interaction, we're also socialized in different ways. So at home, we're socialized informally. We're told the Wootsie this is how we do things in this family and with our peers and so forth. We are socialized differently as well. We're also socialized through the internet. And in the case of women who um, find themselves in situations where they are earning more than their partners, they adopt what we usually call gender neutralization strategies. So for example, they might um, talk less when it comes to decision-making. They try to neutralize their role um, as women because they do not want to make their partners feel inferior because they're earning more. So they might adopt those kind of strategies, including staying at home or not necessarily engaging as much as they would so that they feel that they're empowering their partner to continue making the decision-making at the ho- in the home despite the fact that they earn less than them. Sure. So we, we so in almost we almost try to make ourselves invisible yes. so that our partner will still feel like a man. So you must you reduce know? yourself and just to accommodate, you know, that archaic long held view of, of what and who and, and what the man is supposed to do and supposed to be in the family setup. Let, let me play here's a voice note Absolutely. that I think is in relation to what you've just described. Good morning, Clement. Clement, I feel like there are different ex- experiences for different people. Like for myself, it was a good experience when I was not working because my wife made sure that nobody can realize that I was not working. Uh, but I know people that went through hell where people would be like, their wives would tell them how useless they are you know, they would expose them somehow or, you know, show them that they are nothing. So there are different experiences for different people, Kennedy Joe. Thank you for sending that uh, voice note, Kennedy, and sharing your experience. Sharon, you are spe- calling us from Pretoria. You are a breadwinner. Good morning. Good morning, Clement. Um, this is Sharon from Pretoria. Mm. Um, Clement, I also experienced this. Um, my husband has been trained for more than four years now. Mm. Um, he's been struggling to get a job. Um, and me and him, we've been together for 23 years now. So it's not something that was going to take us down. Yeah. But I must say there was a lot of challenges. 
um, in the beginning, it was all about his depression. I've lost a job. And, you know, I think my own issues were overlooked. It was all about him. But um, we eventually managed to um, get around it. And uh, currently, or just recently, we just bought a vehicle for him to start a transport business mm. because it doesn't help. We mope around and cry and say, ah, oh, he's not working. What are we doing about it? So that's the positive mm. thing that I've decided to do as his wife. But um, he's still not helping me with the house chores. He still believes I must cook and clean and prepare the kids. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I love him anyway. But yeah. I wish he could help me more with that. And also initiate a little bit of sexual intimacy because now mm. that I'm paying the bills, I must also be the initiator. Like I'm the boss of everything in the house. Sure. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Yeah, that's yeah. And now that's that's also like that 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 pressure on you. Did did you feel Sharon that in many cases you have to somehow, you know, make yourself invisible and reduce yourself so that you accommodate him? In other words, you know. You know, even when you do things, like you express more. Yeah. Do you guys have kids? We have three kids. Yeah, so even when you do things, you know, you say, you know, this is coming from daddy, even though it's not coming from daddy, or maybe you send money into his account every month so that he pays for, for some bills as well. I mean, have you had to um, do what Nokubonga calls uh, these gender uh, neutralization strategies? We we are doing it a little bit. Like, I do give an allowance every month. And with birthday gifts, we do um, say this one is from dad or this. You know, we do try and accommodate him a little bit um, just so the kids feel our dad is doing something. But more than anything, he's that father who's playing with the kids. They dance together. Like, he's present. And that's what I love about the whole thing, that... When it comes to his children, it's not about the money, but mm. his presence in their life. Mm. He takes them to school every morning. He's, he's, he's basically there. His presence is all that matters to me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sharon, thank you for sharing that experience with us. Let's take Blake, who's calling us from Greenside. Blake, what's your experience? Yeah. Good morning. Hi. I'm saying, um, you know, as a divorce lawyer over the last 10, 20 years, this concept of breadwinner is actually quite misleading in some ways mm. because it's almost like we prioritize paying some bills and we make that more important than others. Mm. So with women often mm. earning more and those roles that they do being paid more, we now often have a scenario where the guy regards himself as a breadwinner because he pays his asset, the house. Mm. And meanwhile, she's paying the groceries and the school and those two things together are more than what the house is worth. Mm. But he's still being regarded or given some sort of title nominally as a breadwinner. Although, in fact, what the two people are contributing, neither of them could afford their lifestyle without the other. You know, mm. so I think that the issue of breadwinner is sometimes, you know, in practice, it's actually disappearing. But mm. in, in um, society or in culture, in the way we like to look at things, um, you know, it's there. But it, in real life, I, I don't, you know, I have a vanishingly tiny number of ladies who come to me and say, gosh, you know, I, my husband earns all the money and I don't earn a cent. Mm. Um, it, it just doesn't happen all that often anymore. So, I mean, I've been my family's own breadwinner for about 25 years yeah. in terms of I was a single mom for a long time. And so, you know, the house is mine and my name is on the 
on the on the medical aid. And it's amazing how many people will say to me, but you know, who's who's the main member on the medical aid when you go to the doctor? I'm like, I'm the main member. Mm. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, my husband is dependent O two. My child is dependent O one. And and society isn't accepting of that, you know, or not 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 accepting of it, but it's still surprised by that. And I find that quite strange because you know it's 2022, and and the reality is that there's is not men jobs that earn three times what women jobs earn. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, the further down the social chain you go, the more women's jobs are sort of, you know, there are more of them sort of thing. Yeah. So often women are supporting men for long periods of time in their marriage. Yes, and, and hence what I was saying earlier about learning and unlearning um, these um, stereotypical views. I mean, we're still holding yeah. on to traditional and religious beliefs that is, have always perpetuated this idea that a man is the breadwinner, which is why often men will feel fragile and think, oh, they feel emasculated mm-hmm. just because you, as Blake, you are making more, or you are the main member of the medical aid. I mean, I've heard, Blake, of like a ridic- ridiculous thing, like a man who says, no, 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 um, I have to pay for the house. And the woman says, no, but we can both contribute towards the bond and we can get a bigger house the house you buy with just your salary is not going to be big enough for the entire family and the man insists on that because how dare we live in a house that's paid by both you and i exactly and for some Mm. reason you know i always tell my clients our grandmothers black and white and everybody else they their men paid for groceries they gave them housekeeping money and it's almost like this this breadwinner status is being used to justify, okay, I'm going to spend my money accumulating assets, the house, whatever, that's going to be my name. So if something breaks down, I own everything that is that is actually an asset. But you can invest your money in, in feeding me. And what have you got when you divorce? You've mm. got a, you know, a well husband and, and two children, um, and you can't sell them. Exactly. So, you know, as women, we must be very careful not to buy into this breadwinner environment and say, no, no, you're going to pay for 50% of the groceries. Uh, grocery money is not women's money. Mm. Uh, and mm. I'm going to own mm-hmm. half of the house, so I'm going to use that money for buying myself an RA. You know, yeah. <laughs> financial decision. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Blake and Greenside, thank you for, for sharing your experience with us. It's 11.30. Family Matters. Right, let's go back to our discussion about female breadwinners and the complexities that come with that. I saw a message earlier uh, from someone who says, gosh, Clement, how fragile is the male ego that a woman has to prop him up, even um, in the background? That's what Nikki says. Uh, But Anonymous says, Clement is very simplistic to always put the blame on men by claiming that they cause problems because they feel emasculated when sometimes it's just the women themselves who become abusive due to that income disparity. Uh, Nokubonga, you heard the two calls we took just before we went to the headlines. Any reflections on that? Yes, um, I do have a few reflections on that. And I will start with uh, particularly Blake's situation. And uh, with Blake, I think there's a nice situation because his wife is quite supportive of him and is uh, willing to support him despite uh, the duration of uh, his unemployment or his lack of earnings com- in comparison to hers. And there we actually see again that really a family is a system. And in order for a system to work, um, 
the whole has to be greater than the sum of its parts. Similar to a body, the eye is not more important than the hand, and the hand is not more important than the feet, but they all need to work together in cohesion and cooperate in order for the whole body to work. And when there's too much pressure placed on one part than the other, then it demands more from another part of the body to compensate for that lag. But here, in the same, in the same, in the same essence, Men or women, whether they are men and women, whether they commit to the male breadwinner model or not, research does show that they are more satisfied when their family financial situation um, is great, when the family financial situation is doing well. So it doesn't matter whether whether it's a man or a woman who's earning more. But as long as the whole family is benefiting from a greater financial input into the system, mm. everybody benefits. Mm, absolutely. Everybody benefits. Yeah. So I think that's, I think for me, that is the most important thing is that getting people to understand and inputting knowledge so that we unlearn and, you know, deprogram ourselves from this socialization that Indota is or Indota must or a woman mm. is. Because now we have to understand, um, just to also um, answer the lady's uh, query about this, is why is it that men puts this emphasis on building a house? Why? And in the post colonial uh, apartheid era, particularly in South Africa, we have um, we have quotes such as mm-hmm. Why are those words so important, even in our language? Mm-hmm. Because our language assumes that umuzi is, is supposed to be built by Ubaba, the male figure. And what has hindered that is because migrant labor came into South migrant labor grew in South Africa, which pulled a lot of African men from rural areas Mm -hmm. into urban areas. Mm. What happened after that is the chronic unemployment, government taxes, and the diamond and gold rush in Kimberley and Johannesburg now made African men in particular um, unable to provide the emotional emotional support for their children and for their wives because they were far away from home for long periods. At most, they'd come during Christmas, which is during the December holidays, Mm. but monthly they would send money home. In the process of doing that, culture has... Culture had imbibed into men that they are responsible for building a home or umuzi for their wives. Mm. So as a result of that socialization that has been passed down through oral tradition in African um, culture, such as the Zulu, the Zulu clans, men have imbibed that from their fathers as well. Um, you know, even when a father leaves home and they leave their five-year-old son with older siblings who are maybe sisters or their mother, the father will still tell the five-year-old, I'm leaving now, son. Imagine telling a five-year-old that but he really the, the the child takes that personally and takes it seriously that I need to step up to this role now. So I also those expectations yeah. that are placed on from elders to children are, are the reasons why even in African cultures there's a strong link to being a man and a provider. As a result, a man's identity, especially in our African culture, is strongly tied to his ability to provide financially, yeah, but at the expense of the emotional aspect of it. Yeah, and many, like I said earlier, you, you see that some actually take their lives because they just can't take that pressure um, of 
we are the ones that are supposed to provide. So even in instances where there can be financial support from the wife, they just feel they're useless just because they've just lost their job a year ago and they're still struggling to get on their feet. Let's go to Lesicho in Rosebank. Lesicho, good morning. Morning, Clement. I'm okay. How's it going? Good, thanks. I just think this whole masculinity thing can be solved by one thing. Can Mm. we not have a joint card in the house? where the man can also have some access to money. He doesn't necessarily have to ask you for money and make you emasculate himself even more, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you have a joint account, even if you're the breadwinner and you're putting in more, it's fine. At some point, he 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 will have the upper hand and he will look after you. But as women, I find that the minute we have that upper hand, we disrespect our men. Mm-hmm. Tremendously, we just mm-hmm. disrespect them, and mm-hmm. that disrespect leads to them feeling some type of way and reacting some type of way. Just trust this man and say, "Okay, I know we're going through a hard time, but you don't necessarily have to come to me every five seconds for money. Mm-hmm. Use what is in the card. If the card has got no money, we both have got no money. Mm-hmm. But we can never ever substitute." Um, how they are going to keep feeling. Men, men's egos are really fragile. Mm-hmm. And if we don't look after mm-hmm. that as a family, we are going, we're going nowhere really. Mm. How so, did you deal with it, Lissor? Did you have just one single bank, I mean, account, card? Yeah. What I did, what we did is that I got two cards and um, I gave him one and I kept one. And he did not use it, but the fact that he knew that at any point in time, even if he wanted something from the shop that's ridiculous, he could buy it without asking for money if he kept the piece in the house. Mm. And he did his part in the house. I never had to, I, there were things I never had to do, like I never had to go grocery shopping because he would think, Ahmed, you know what, she's working, let me quickly do this and whatever. So I never had to ask him for anything. He never had to prove himself in any way. We just kept it moving. Yeah, yeah. No, and Rosebank, thank you for, for, for sharing that experience with us. Michael in Centurion, hi. Hi, Clement, how are you? Shab, how's it going? Um, I think um, my own opinion is um, basically part of what I've been said. Um, I think it's mainly part of this um, cultural thing, especially when you have this cultural thinking of the man is always the provider of the family. Yeah. And especially those of us um, in the middle, late 40s, that you have that cultural thing instilled in you while you were so young that you know what, for you to be a responsible man, you must always look out for your family provide for them, care for them, care for them. So it's something that grew up with you. You know, it's something that has been inside of you yeah. when you were so young. So growing up is difficult to detach from him. Ooh, Michael, I'm sorry, man. The, the line is not the best. It was improving there, but then it's deteriorating again. I'm just going to put you back. Let's try and reestablish the line, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll take you again. Putty in Bramley, good morning. Good morning, Clement. How are you? I'm all right. How's it going? I'm good, thank you. So, it's an interesting, interesting discussion you guys are having. I've got two instances. So, I've been a breadwinner with my partner for a very long time. Mm. And I also come from a family where 
my mother was the breadwinner. So for us, it wasn't about power. Power dynamics wasn't about money. We understood who was the authoritarian and who was the caregiver at home, regardless of who was the breadwinner or where we got money from. And a lot of the times it was one of those things where if we needed something, my mother would direct me straight to my father. And then how it developed in my relationship was it's always been a partnership. Mm. We do things together. We sit down together. We budget together. And we go with the shifts in the world as they come and go. And after so many years of being a breadwinner, now the situation flips. But the biggest pressure we had was social pressures where our roles kept on having to be defined by people outside of our relationship, where we were certain about the roles within our relationship, and that didn't depend on who made the money and who was the major caregiver or the power authoritarian Mm. at home, because we shared all of that equally. So it's it's just, I know they say it's a cultural thing, but I think it's just a societal thing. Society places the pressure on you as the woman that Mm. you shouldn't share, or if some myths are, if you earn more income, you shouldn't tell your spouse that you earn more income. Mm. But what I've learned is when you're in different situations in your life, you earn differently. Mm. And situations can change in an instant. And basically, you've just got to go roll with the punches. Because if you don't, then you're not building your family and building your home. It's not mm. about the physical, it's about building a home together and the environment and the emotions that come with it as well. Yeah. Oh, Putty, that's that's amazing. What a great contribution. I'm glad you guys mm. have found that balancing that balancing act. Um, great call there, Putty, in Bramley. After the break, I'll bring back Michael in Centurion. I think we've got him on a better line and then take more of your responses. I'll bring in Nokubonga as well to reflect on, on some of the things you say. 702 Family Matters. It's 10 minutes before 12.00 o'clock. Let's go to some of your calls now. Michael in Centurion. Uh, Michael, I think we have you on a better line now. Uh, you can go ahead. Yes, Michael? Yes, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, sorry for the break of the other time. So just as I was saying, um, I feel that um, some of this uh, pressure that I think we have as men comes as a result of um, part of the cultural uh, values that were instilled in us while um, we were still young. Um, I was just quickly trying to share my own story just um, before the light went, before mm-hmm. the line went off. Um, I used to also be um, the breadwinner of the family. Um, even while I was, um, my wife was still earning way over me then. But um, I think... It was part of this thing that you've always had inside of you that you know what, you are the breadwinner and you must make sure you take care of the bills. And then it's part of also a way to say that you're looking after your family. You know, um, before I lost the job, um, I pay the bond. Um, I give them money for feeding. I pay the school fees. Mm. I do everything in the house. You understand? Regardless of whether or not my wife is earning way more than I do and all of those, but the thing is, I could afford that kind of lifestyle. You understand? So mm-hmm. imagine now all of a sudden, we're not like that you, you are the financial backbone of the family that supports the family with everything and everything. And then all of a sudden, that thing is not there. Do you know how devastating it's going to be to you? Do you know how it's going to tear you apart? Mm-hmm. You understand? So that's it, it, it's not just about we don't have an understanding, but I think it's about also what you feel as a person, as mm. an individual, that you know what, this is my responsibility, this is part of my role that I most probably maybe 
perform as the man of the house. And once you fall in front of it, you understand, mm. then you're already feeling like yeah and 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 maybe that's what that's where we need to start michael that we need to change the perception of the roles that have been defined for us by societies because that's going to be the end of us that's why as michael when you lose a job you feel useless that's why you will feel oh i I cannot do this anymore and you do other things to like what nogubonga said that sometimes they initiate affairs to assert that masculinity because this partnership is not based on us working together and building together it's based on me taking care of you paying for the house paying for the kids school fees i mean when your wife or your partner can afford to chip in let them do that because that doesn't make you less mm. of a man it doesn't make you less of a woman yeah. just because somebody else mm. pays for the bond and you only pay for i don't know um the, the petrol to take the kids to school and maybe that's where we need to start reimagining and unlearning what society and traditions have always um, forced on us because that is not practical. Things change. Uh, Pili, you're in Johannesburg. Good morning. Hi, Clement. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's uh, Pili from Johannesburg. Um, great show, Clement. I just want to contribute to my personal experience. This thing of uh, the black men suffering from this psychological trauma that a man must provide. Personally, I was married for more than 20 years, Mm. and then my husband lost a job during COVID. I was providing, but he struggled for almost two years that he couldn't provide. Despite the, the support that I gave him, he just couldn't take it anymore until to the fact that he strained our marriage. And then he just picked and go and just disappeared, vanished because of that. Sure. You know, that feeling that he can't just provide for the family. So it is really happening. Yeah. It is really it is really a big problem to our yeah. African And men. in retrospect, Pili, when, when you sit down and reflect on what could have led to things ending up in him leaving... Do you think you may have somehow made him remember that he's unemployed? Could some of the listeners say, and sometimes it can happen, you know, you're not conscious of it, uh, but the man can feel, I'm constantly reminded that I'm not bringing anything on the table. When you reflect, uh, do you think that may have been part of the reason he left? Yes, maybe, because sometimes you want something and maybe he doesn't have enough money in his own account to do whatever he wants to do. And you call me and say, look, I want to do this and that. And if you don't provide like there and there immediately to him, mm. he used to just freak out from nowhere. So I mm. think, yes, to a certain extent. Mm. From the professional, how can we avoid that? Yeah, no, no, I hear you, Pili. Nokubonga. Where do you find the balance? Pili is asking, how do you avoid that? Because at some point, we're all human beings. At some point, even as a female breadwinner, um, there may be a point where you're having an argument with your partner and you just blurt it out. You you express the frustration you have because maybe you also have been feeling the pressure of uh, being the one that's providing. And during an argument, you know, you say something that somehow then triggers and, and makes your partner feel not appreciated because of their reality at the time. So how do you advise couple to balance that um, so that they know that 
even in the toughest of situations or during arguments, uh, we still respect each other regardless of the reality that is facing us? Um, Clemens, thank you. I think that I would advise couples um, to really take a step back and understand not just the problem, but the context of the problem. It's not just about him no longer making money. What is the value? What does it mean for him to not make money after mm. knowing that he's been working for maybe longer than the marriage? And it's also learning about teaching couples the skills um, in therapy, of course, in couples therapy of how to communicate because just no matter what you have to say to your partner, there is a gentler way to say it. There is a kinder way to say it that doesn't necessarily have to be harsh in order to get the point across. And at the same time, we also have to consider the relationship dynamics. You know, was this person unemployed when I met the person, you know, or did they become unemployed because of a certain, um, circumstance that happened was it due to negligence was it due to um retrenchments all of those factors Mm -hmm. how long will you have to wait up until they have they work again those are all the kind of things that they have to discuss openly to each other Mm -hmm. and that is how the system is then restored to its its original state of stability so the relationship can be stable and make it despite the the challenges that come with it and challenges like these are the things that test love and test relationships as well but i think it's very important to understand the context that particularly in african cultures Mm. the value of a man is highly tied to his role as a provider and communicating that understanding to your partner and also showing your partner that i really am trying Mm -hmm. to find another job yeah nokubonga gubani clinical psychologist thank you so much for guiding us uh, through this discussion and thanks to to all of you that have called in Um, for also sharing your experiences with us.